Hello, hello. My name is Dr. Rachel Gainsborough, and I am obsessed with all things short-term rentals, revenue streams, and helping you navigate your career, real estate, and your busiest and most wonderful seasons of life. I'm an immigrant, a pharmacist, a wife, and a mom who took one guest room rental and turned it into a multi-property, seven-figure real estate business, which has also landed us on TV. I'll teach you the real secrets and everything you need to build a short-term rental business that you love. I discuss the hard topics, mistakes I've made, and the mistakes others have made so you don't have to make them for yourself. Financing, automations, acquisitions, low occupancy, scaling, and building your team all while balancing your life are all subjects to be discussed here. Consider me that one best friend you can come to with your short-term rental business questions. So grab your coffee, get comfortable as you get ready to learn and grow with me. This is the Luxury Short-Term Rental Doctor podcast. Hello, hello. Welcome to another Luxury Short-Term Rental Doctor podcast. I am just so excited today because I have with me one of my best kept secrets inside of our community. So when it comes to spreadsheets, data and numbers and all of the things, I like to say, you know what? I'm like a 7.5 out of 10, but I love to attract those who are operating at the highest possible level. I have with us today, John Bianchi, the Airbnb data guy. He is absolutely amazing. He really hones in on a variety of markets where we can invest and gain profitability and not lose money in the process of uh, buying our first or next short-term rentals. So data is key. Uh, the data doesn't lie. Sometimes we like to trick ourselves and tell a story, right? That does not look exactly kosher on paper. But what I love about John is he keeps us honest and makes sure that we don't go down the wrong rabbit hole. So, John, I welcome you today. I'm finally happy to share with the world <laughs> one of the best kept secrets in our community. And I would love you to go ahead and introduce yourself because I know you've done a lot in this past these past couple of years, actually, with uh, acquisitions and helping with. Uh, investing for those who are investing both actively and passively as well. But I want you to take it away and introduce yourself to the community. Sure, for sure. Thank you for the introduction. Appreciate it. The 11 out of 10, you know, might be a little bit too high, I think. I'm, I'm still learning, still trying to get better. Um, but I just put a lot of time and energy into uh, data analytics and specifically around Airbnb because I absolutely love it. So Anyone who doesn't know, Rachel and I have actually known each other for a little over a year now. We've become friends and it's fun and I'm looking forward to this conversation because I genuinely enjoy talking with you every time. Um, but, you know, for anyone who doesn't know me and has listened to this for the first time, I am, you know, John Bianchi, Airbnb data guy. Uh, my whole objective is to ensure that nobody buys an unprofitable property ever again. I'm building a business revolving around that one specific idea and trying to provide products and services and all these things that ensure that that is the case moving forward. Uh, which is why I do a lot of these podcasts as well. I kind of get the word out there to help people understand good data, bad data, different things like that. And then additionally, I am the head of data for TechVestor, which is the largest short-term rental investment fund in America. We've bought over 120 properties within the past uh, like 20 months or so at this point, raised over $60 million. Um, we are, we've released our data on 72 of those properties. We're 72 for 72. Every single one of those properties is a positive cash flow and good property that I helped determine and pick out and find. And so 
that's what I do all day, every day. And then I help individuals uh, who are doing this on a smaller scale that are maybe between, you know, uh, one to five properties within that range. I help you guys be able to understand what I'm doing so you can ensure that you never buy an unprofitable property ever again. So a little bit about me, but I live and breathe Airbnb data and I'm super looking forward to chatting with you. Wow. Yeah. And that's that's an amazing feed. So I love that you share the the quantifiable information. So you share the number of dollars that you and Tech Investor you spent on uh, investing in property over the last um, several months or so, or I think over a year or so, right? About 20 months at this point. 20 months. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. So can you tell us a little bit about the metrics in terms of, well, how are those properties performing? Because at the end of the day, that's what matters the most. Yeah. So are they performing uh, according to what your expectations are, above expectations, below expectations? Give us the tea because uh, the struggle is real out here for <laughs> Toronto Street. Yes, it, the struggle is real for sure. I mean, that's why I have the business that I have to help people get through that struggle. But um, I've been accurate with my predictions within 25% conservatively. And that's to a T exactly where I want to be. Okay, so what does that mean exactly? If I projected that a property was going to make $100,000 a year, it actually is making $125,000. Now, the reason why I say that's exactly where I want to be is because when I do my projections, I do a best case and a 100% certain number. Like I'm 100% I'm confident we're going to land at this number, right? And we only buy properties if we feel confident that we can hit that 100% confidence number. And then what TechFester does is they try to outperform that number as best they can and reach that best case scenario. And so what we're using is we're using other people's data, we're using those properties, and we're coming up with like, what do we think this property could do based on what everyone else is doing within this market? That's where that 100% confidence number comes. And then TechFester goes in there, absolutely just, just does an amazing job with the property, puts it together really well, manages really well, and we hit that best case scenario. And so to me, I'm, you know, I'm technically, my best case scenario is very close to how well we're actually performing on a property by property basis, but I am... I like being conservative. I think it, it works better in the long run. And so to me, I like being 25% conservative based off of my 100% confidence number. So, and that's, again, that's off our first 72 properties. We just went live with like our 103rd or fourth property, something like that. Like we just crossed into the triple digits of Airbnbs, which is pretty remarkable. So super looking forward to that. Uh, and the properties just keep getting better, honestly. Like I'm not even just saying that. I, I had a property that just went live and I literally, my jaw dropped when I saw it. I was like, because mm, it was so good. And I look at properties all day, every day. So like be a part of the team that puts together a listing that makes my jaw drop is, is, uh, is, is pretty awesome. Not gonna lie. So yeah. Okay. And I know it matters guys. So if you're listening right now, give John a follow on social media. He does a lot of great content uh, you know, giving us pointers on how to optimize property, the look of the property, the feel of the property. What is it that's drawing uh, your audience in? And so if his jaw drops, I'm like, okay, I need to see this property because it sounds incredible. Yeah. So I cannot wait. We're going to have to see it offline. Maybe we'll link it in the show notes, John. Hey, what about hey, that? Yeah. I don't know if we can give that one away. But yeah. <laughs> Okay, maybe we'll see. Yeah, because we're we're trying to keep it under wraps. We're investors with tech investors as well, so we want to keep our markets, you know, close to the chest. Because John, here's the deal. Um, one of the things that I see is, and 
I'm going to go off script a little bit, yeah, is when it. we hear about a specific market and everyone flocks to that market, you know, that hot market that everyone is talking about, mm -hmm. all of a sudden the homes there were, you know, 300,000, 400,000, right? Next thing you know, it's 800,000. Yeah. And so that's way beyond my buy box. I'm trying to keep it under wraps, right? I want right. 500 or 600, under 700, because the numbers have to make sense at the end of the day. It, when members of our community, you know, we have doctors and pharmacists and psychotherapists, when they approach me with a property, you know, purchase price of, you know, 1.2 million, I sent you one the other day, 7.5 million, I say, John, look at this, right? yeah. we're just gushing over it, but there's no way, right, that that's going to fit into our buy box. So what say you about these hot markets? that everyone's talking about, um, everyone's gravitating towards. I know we haven't had this conversation. I don't have um, rock solid opinions about it, but I'm starting to get really suspicious about some things. What have you seen and what are your thoughts? About, you're specifically referring to hot market. What yeah, hot market. So, yeah. you know, not to throw anything under the bus, like, um, you know, Gatlinburg. <laughs> New Gatlinburg was going to be the first one that you said. So uh, um, my opinion on them, I think that there was a point in time where they were an absolute gold mine, right? And it definitely was, because that's why everyone flocked to these areas in the first place. But right. the problem with a short-term rental market is that if there is a lot of cash flow to be made, people are willing to bid slightly higher than maybe what the property will appraise for because they know they have enough cash flow to make up that difference. And this will continue to happen until there is no cash flow left right? The market literally eats into itself. People will continue to pay more and more and more for the list for the properties just to get into that market until there is quite literally no cash flow left, which is really sad, but it's also really amazing for anyone who bought early in that market and then watches their value of their home jump up by $200,000 in two years, right? So they're like, oh, it's amazing. So it really just depends where you are. Obviously, you want to try and get into these markets prior. Um, and it typically only ever is actually not typically, it really only, only happens in markets that are strictly vacation markets where the vast majority of the homes are vacation rentals, right? Because if you have a lot of like family homes in there and regular houses where people are just living out of them, the value can't increase in the same rate because the regular people who are, who are living in them and not renting them out are also buying those homes and it keeps those prices down. So, um, I'm not sure exactly if I answered that question. Right, no, you absolutely did because yeah. I, you know, and I've heard bolts. Oh, one moment. That's okay. <laughs> is that an alarm clock or is that a, a grandfather clock going off in the back? <laughs> oh, still going. Okay. No worries. We'll get that edited out. No big deal. We'll get that edited out. I've got family over, so I'm going to do like this and tell Tori, like, if you see me waving in the videos because I'm like, edit out that question oh, yeah. prior. So I have family over for the holidays and so their work phones are installed uh -oh. here. So gotcha. we got a lot going on. <laughs> gotcha. Okay, so I'm going to. So, yeah, John, um, that's one of the things that has been a point of contention in the community. I have some people who are saying only invest in vacation rental markets, right? <laughs> because that's the only way that you're going to be safe. And others are saying, well, no, only invest in non-vacation rental markets. So there's got to be a balance for sure. And there's got to be an understanding 
yes, you know, regulatory changes and regulatory uh, challenges will exist in markets that are non-vacation rental, but knowing what they are, um, especially if they're already in place, is going to be really beneficial. Uh, you know, I'm not anti-regulation, I'm just anti-unfair regulation, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, so I, I love your response to that. So so with that, Jen, so let me ask you about um, about this next question. What would you say is the most common mistake that you see investors make when they're analyzing uh, a market for their short-term rental? Because I know you do work with uh, the largest short-term rental investment fund, Techvestor, but you also work with individuals. As a matter of fact, you're a staple in our community and you work, you know, with the members of our community who are single investors, they're just looking at how to get their, you know, one market nailed down and their one property uh, nailed down. And you have resources that you provide for that. So if I'm, you know, let's, you know, walk me through it if you don't mind, but I'm yeah. going through, I'm looking for my, my first uh, market. What would you say is the biggest mistake that you've seen? That's a really good question. That's like, like Jen, I'm like, as you're asking, you know, I'm thinking about all these different mistakes that people make. I'm trying to think of like, what's maybe the most common one that I see or, or the one that I want to ensure that people don't make the mistake of. Um, I could talk about good and bad data, but I talked about that on literally every single podcast that I've ever done. So what I'm going to say is good and bad data is like people using bad data to make a decision is, is the number one thing that I see. Um, but I'm not going to explain what that is on this podcast. Go to YouTube, type in Airbnb bad data, watch the 23 minute video. It'll explain everything. Okay. So that's, that's because I'm telling you to do that because I want to talk about something else. Um, and that something else is that people will compare their property to a, a property that is what I would consider to be fairly comparable. Okay. So when people are trying to purchase a property, what they do is they review the other properties that are out there and they figure out how much that they're making. And, uh, they will look at these different Airbnbs and they go, you know, my property looks a lot like this property. Therefore, my property is going to make the exact same as that one. And they kind of stop right there. And I think that's one of the bigger mistakes that I see is that people don't put in the time to continue to review the properties that are performing below the property that they think is comparable to them. Okay. So let's say that you look at a property and it's making 80,000 and you go, I'm going to make 80,000 because this property is super comparable to mine. What I want you to do is then look at the properties that are doing under 80,000 and just keep going and look at like maybe somewhere between like five and 10 more comps that are below the property that you believe is really comparable. And the reason why I think this is really important to do is because people get emotionally attached to their property and then they think that it's better than it is. And they're like, I could do all of these different things. It's like, sometimes you can't, right? Like the, the reality is sometimes you can't. And um, what, they, what you'll end up realizing is when you start to review the properties that are below the one that you, are, you, are, you think is comparable to yours, you will have one of two things happen. One, you'll realize that you were correct and your property is going to make 80,000 and all the properties underneath them are really poorly put together listings and you know you're going to be able to outperform them. If that's the case, that's, that's the best case scenario, because then you have all the confidence in the world that your property is actually going to be able to hit 80,000. Cause you're like, of course, I'm going to beat all these properties doing 70 and 60,000. I've got all these things that are better than them. Right. But then the other scenario that's going to happen 
is that as you continue to go down, you're actually going to start finding properties that are making 70,000 or 65,000 that are super comparable as well to your property. And you're going to go, well, this doesn't make any sense. You know, this one making 80,000 and this one making 65,000 are all, are both, I would consider super comparable. Like what's going on here. And that's where you have to like truly under, try to understand the differences between those properties. Because what you might not realized is that the one doing 65,000 is actually a lot more comparable because it doesn't have a second living room with a game room in it and, and your property doesn't either. And so now all of a sudden your, your value of your potential revenue value goes from 80,000 down to 65,000 because you were smart and you continued to triple check your, your numbers, right? Um, so I know this maybe isn't something that like every single last person runs into, but it's so often that people will just find a property that they're like, yeah, that's close enough. And then they'll use it. And they'll go, that's, that's how much a property is going to make. And they and maybe they check one or two. Um, so that happens a lot. And so all I'm saying is just review the other properties. It's either going to give you all the confidence in the world, or it's going to ensure that you are, uh, that you, you, you didn't miss something. I do this every single time. I never, ever, ever tell TechFester to buy a property without confirming, without a doubt that what its base amount of revenue potential is. So that's my recommendation. That's the first time I've ever given that advice also. Oh, yeah. And I was going to say that, too, because no one is talking about this, John, like looking below, looking at the properties that you uh, are considering considering to be essentially a, a comp that's below what yours has the potential of making and diving deeper and then deeper and going down that rabbit hole, because what it does, John, in your mindset, in my mindset, it would reset my expectation. Right. And it would help me to ensure I'm not over leveraging myself, because right now in today's economy, um, I think what's going to save us in a lot of these downturns and these economic changes and these cycles is not over leveraging uh, yeah. yourself. So with that being said, could you talk to us a little bit about what is your forecast? It sounds like tech investors are still buying and you're still helping investors to invest using a variety of strategies for acquisitions. But everyone's talking about Airbnb bus. What's up with that? <laughs> um, it's super annoying. It's very annoying. Uh, <laughs> it's the most, it's, it's frustrating because you, you, you know, uh, you have these people with minimal experience yeah. who are hearing things from clickbait articles talking about how Airbnb bots is a thing. And then you have these seasoned experts. Not saying I'm a seasoned expert. I'm just saying I've been doing this for a while. Let's put it that way. And so have you. And we're sitting here like, I don't know what you're talking about. Right? Like the people with the properties are like, I don't know what you're talking about. Now, here's the thing. Like they're the I do know that some markets are down year over year. There are people with portfolios that are down year over year. Mm -hmm. And uh there's some people with portfolios that are up year over year, right? Techbuster being one of them. Um which one's more common? I don't know for a fact which one it is, but I would assume it's probably closer to more people being slightly down. Does that mean that Airbnb is done? Not even remotely close. Okay. So I've, I've, I've said this a few times. This is again, why I say it's annoying because I've got to give this entire expl explanation for people to be like, oh, that actually kind of makes sense when you think about it in the grand scheme of things. So I'm going to give that explanation right now. Okay. I used to be a financial analyst before this, sort of. I was a I was in finance. I was a financial planner and I had to study markets. I had to review things. I wasn't, you know, deep into it. But when you're in finance, you have to study the market, uh, the economy, and you have to review it for the decades, you know, the last century, you have to review it. And what you realize is that every single eight to 10 years, there is a dip in the market. There's an absolute collapse in the economy. And 
that's just the reality of the world that we live in, right? It works very efficiently that way. And what happens and what causes these dips is that there is obviously a run of everything going really, really well. And then things start to slow a little bit. And what ends up happening is that people's disposable income gets a little bit tighter and a little bit more squeezed, right? There was one stat out there that people's uh, disposable income was 30% of their income in like 2021, 2022. And in 2023, it's closer to 3%, right? And so if you only have a 3% disposable income, you can't buy things. You can't buy as many things that you are outside of your house and your car and your food, right? And so when that starts to happen, if everybody in the economy starts to slowly stop purchasing things, that's when the economy falls on its face because it needs people to continue to buy things to continue to work, right? And so what is happening in the Airbnb space, in my opinion, is that the disposable income budget has tightened up and people aren't moving as actively as they were before. They're traveling as many times throughout a year as they were before. And so what we're seeing is a tight, a tightening and a, a lowering in the revenue potential for the properties at this current time. Now, you know what other industry is also seeing this happen? Every single industry in the entire world is seeing this exact same thing happen is not just Airbnb. Everybody, majority of companies, especially the, 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 the main industries within the world that keep the company, that keep the world turning are seeing a decrease year over year, right? And so if everybody's seeing it, it's just a part of the cycle. And no matter what, there's going to be a point in time and it's going to be within maybe the next year, maybe the next four years, whatever it may be, there's going to be an absolute crash in the market. And when that, when that does happen, the next year afterwards is going to be really tough on everybody. And it's also going to be really tough on the tourism industry because people don't have disposable income to put towards those things. That's going to happen, whether it be tomorrow or in the next 10 years when we hit that next cycle again. And so the way I explain this to everybody is like, yes, there is this tightening. It's happening in the Airbnb space, but it's happening in the entire economy as a whole. And, and it's going to last for maybe a year or two. And then after that year or two, it's going to be an absolute boom for those of us who can make it through and continue to hold on to that for the next five plus years, because that's how the economy has continued to work year over year, as long as we're not in war times, right? And so when I hear people say Airbnb bust, I go, yeah, also everything else tightening up, right? So like, shut up. <laughs> you have no understanding of how the economy works. And that's why you're just saying this, but um, that's the reality of, of where we're at. And it is what it is. Whoever, what you have to do is try to get Airbnbs that are in the right location that have the right demand that people will continue to use even in downtimes and get them at the right price where there's enough of a cushion in between that uh, purchase price and the amount of cash flow. So you actually have, if it does increase, you can still continue to hold on to that property. And when it, and then when the economy does come back, you're at the top of the pack, you're winning, you're doing the best you possibly do. And that's where you want to be during that time frame. So that's my really long explanation, which is why I say it's annoying. When I talk about that, because it's like, I, I have, I, I like to take it all the way back. I'm not saying I'm hundred percent right, but it does make logical sense when you think about it in that format in comparison to an, people just saying Airbnb bus and Airbnb is over. It's like, no, people love renting out Airbnbs. The people who say Airbnb bust love getting, going to an Airbnb with all their friends. So people love it. They're going to continue to book Airbnbs. They're going to continue to book vacation rentals. It's going to continue to happen. Is there going to be change in the Airbnb industry? For sure. Right. We've already seen that like a crazy amount over the past five years. So it's just going to keep changing, keep getting better. It like any other business does. It is what it is. That's my long answer.
No, and and I echo your answer. We have seen a little bit of a decrease as well, but a little bit of an increase in our uh, average daily rate. So hey. at the end of the day, right, we're still right. good. So really understanding your own portfolio and your consumer trends, your avatar trends, like you just said, is figuring out who wants to travel to that area and making sure you're in tune with... Um, providing them value, providing them a space that is, you know, going to speak to them, that is going to serve them. So you are spot on. And, yeah, and, right. and the reason, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say the reason I asked that question is because um, when I see viral posts, there was one that went out and it just, it went like wildfire. And I'm going to see if we can uh, get that attached in the show notes as well. And, you know, share that. And when I saw that at first, I was like, oh, okay, they're not even using a data tool that is, or data, data tool, nor, or nor data point that is canon to the industry. So I ignored it. And I just, I'm, yeah. like, okay, I'm good to go. Guess what? Oh my gosh, my DMs blew up. And I was like, okay, I'm going to have to address this. I thought everyone would ignore it because what are what are these data points? No one like you right. completely different from what you and I would look at as important. And so uh in, in the age of Airbnb, it is so lucrative and there's so much opportunity that there are a lot of businesses coming out of the woodworks and the data uh tool and technology creep is real. I'm a techie girl, I love me some technology, but there are only a few, maybe like just a handful of, of data tools that you and I, we use to analyze mm -hmm. data and not all yeah. are created equal. Um, even the ones that we consider to be some of the best, we still have to clean and kind of scrape some things away to clean it up. So what would you say is one or two tools that you use or just one tool that you use that's available mainstream? And then I know you, you because of the roadblocks that you've encountered, you've created your own as, as well. Can you speak to us a little yeah. bit about the tech um, that, you know, someone could go out and look at to see, okay, let me see how to start reviewing, analyzing a property. Yeah, for sure. So in other words, what data tools could you use out there and what yep. have I created as well and why, right? Yep. So the, the, I mean, the only tool that I really use that is available currently is AirDNA. Um, I've used them for years. I've tried out all the other different providers. And when it comes to yeah. using data, be able to find profitable properties, uh, AirDNA with the way it's set up is the tool to use. I think everybody kind of know, like anyways, most people who are in the industry feel that way as well. That's why they're the leader, right? It's why they're like one of the best. And with that being said, and the reason I kind of like hesitate to even say that is because of all the, the little quirks and little issues that AirDNA uh, has that need to be addressed um and people need to understand right it's bad data as an example or useless data let's put it that way uh data that you know you can't use to be able to make a decision and again if you want to learn anything about that go to youtube look up airbnb bad data and you're gonna understand exactly what that means right um now that would be the tool that i recommend all the other ones not that big of a deal price labs does have some options in there as well but they're more so focused on pricing for your property rather than purchasing a property, right? So it's like two different, two different reasons. So the best data for pricing your property is going to be price apps. The best data right now for property finding is ARDNA. The tool that I'm coming out with is what I refer to as a profit map. And it's a profit map generator. 
and you pick a market, it's going to give you all of the data in that market. And it's going to keep it into a spreadsheet because in my opinion, data should live in a spreadsheet. It's so much easier to make sense of data in a spreadsheet. It's so much easier to use the data in a spreadsheet and so much, you feel so much more confident when that data comes out of the spreadsheet. So we're kind of doing a combination here of like a software that allows it to be automated, but we can keep it in a spreadsheet so you can analyze the data and information easier, right? And so the main differentiator is that if I were to grab all the data for Austin, I click a button, I got all of Austin's data and it's in a spreadsheet and it's, it's, it's set up in a way which allows you to very easily be able to identify where the most profitable area is within all of Austin and what bedroom size to be using or to be getting in Austin, right? And then on top of that, we remove a lot of the useless data. So we get rid of that data that it, you can't make a decision off of. And then on top of that, I'm not just doing a software. I'm trying to, once again, ensure that nobody buys an unprofitable property ever again. And so I, everything I build or create is around that. And so not only is there the software going to come out where you can create these profit maps for any market that you want to go into, uh, there's also a training that goes with it that helps you understand how I analyze it why the data in a spreadsheet is better than on a dashboard and then how to be able to feel confident with your decision of buying a property. So I'm trying to provide the tools and, and information and knowledge and sources that are needed to be able to get to the point of making a, a profitable purchase, right? Does that make sense? I know it's, yeah. you know, it's hard, it's hard to, ex it's hard to verbally explain a yeah. software, right? You it gotta is. be able to. It is. Um, but I think, you know, nailed it on the head because again john there are so many tools out there and the one thing that we know about business especially if you've been in entrepreneurship for a while is, is to not get i guess enticed by all the shiny object syndrome right so right. we've been using air dna for a few years it does have its quirks right i have to yeah. clean up the data and validate certain things but when i get down to the nit nitty gritty and I find those properties where I feel confident that the data is, is valid, you know, I'm sticking to that. And so right. all the other tools that are out there, I have found that there are some inconsistencies, you know, that I just can't overcome all the time. And so mm -hmm. I get questions, what about this tool and that tool and this tool and that tool? Okay, maybe, but the user... Right interface is a little bit clunky. I'm out here fighting for my life and I'm already fighting for my life, right? With <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, just, it's just a lot, right? And yeah. so if we don't recommend another tool, it's not because we don't know of them. Oh yeah, we've tried. <laughs> we've yeah. other tools happen. And we seem to keep going back to air DNA yeah. again and again. Are you finding that to be true as well? For sure. Yeah. I mean, that was, I figured that out forever ago when there was only two data providers. <laughs> There's Bashmizer and ARD. Yeah, I didn't want to say that. Now there's quite a few more. Yeah. Um, but okay. I mean, this is going to sound biased, but like I've gotten to the point where I'm barely even using AirDNA anymore and I'm just using nice. my prop map and I'll use the prop map. I'll review the area that I'm, I'm looking into and then I will uh, just kind of look for, there's certain things that the prof map can't provide that air DNA can show. Mm -hmm. So I'll, I'll hop over there for like a second, but then I'm, I'm spending, you know, 90% of my research time in the profit map and, yeah. you know, a, a portion of it on air DNA. Uh, so yeah. yeah. And, and Sorry. again, what I love about your profit map is the exportability directly into the spreadsheet. So I can see everything. Okay. The three bedrooms are making this, the four bedrooms are making this, and it's all in one, you know, view. Yeah. 
so that you know by the time i look away from the screen it's like what was what was happening over here again but with the spreadsheet the visualization is is key as well right with analyzing just the visualization is key as well so yeah because uh Data is all about trends, right? That's what data is. It's can you find a trend that is repeatable? And if you have the data set up in a way where it's hard to be able to see trends, it becomes a lot less useful. So you, you've you got to have it set up in a way that allows you to see trends and in spreadsheets, it allows you to see trends. And so it just makes, it's not pretty, but it works, right? So it is what it is. Um, and while we're talking about profit maps, I just need to mention that if it wasn't for you and like maybe one or two other people, profit maps would have not gotten to the point that they've gotten to where I've gotten to the point where it's turning into a software and it's becoming more common knowledge that this is something that people can use because you are one of the early, early people who literally bought one of these for every single one of your students who came in because you saw how valuable it was to be able to have the data in that format. Right. So like, yeah, <laughs> I'm not kidding. Like I, I, I no, like a year ago and used to say, I kind of happened into this Airbnb data business. And now I've just gone like, full steam ad with it. Right. But it's because you trusted me at one point to be like, yeah, this makes sense. This is very useful. And I, and I, in that little bit of being able to help you maybe understand how I could help more people and where there was value and how I could bring it together. And so literally a lot of what I have done has been because of you. And again, like two other people. So I appreciate you to the day I die. That's a given. Yeah. John, I was not (laughs) expecting that. And he's not getting paid for that guys. I thank you because it's it's all about the data for me. It's all about the numbers for me. Let me tell you something. We work with a lot of busy medical professionals who do not have the time or the energy to get lost in the weeds like you and I, right? So we're right. happy to get lost in the weeds. Right. We we do this. We actually enjoy, you know, tinkering. Yeah. And they want to, but they don't have time. And so those hard-earned dollars, I wanted a way to to you know give them the confidence to feel like you know what if i invest in this market in this type of property in this bedroom you know with this bedroom account with this bedroom account uh you know this structure of property then i know that i could reasonably expect to make this range of dollars you know so i i wanted to remove number one the analysis paralysis that happens mm-hmm. in my community a lot. We are overthinkers and we it, it tends to allow us to not take action and to just continue to analyze. But once you have the data, you can then make wise decisions, right? But without yeah. data, you're just out here li- living off of hopium. And I, that's mm-hmm. not a vibe, right? I don't want anyone in my community living off of hopium. We're going to live off of yeah. actual data that we can trust. And so when I had access to yours, I was like, every single person who crosses our path, who enters our community needs to have one of these. Yep. And so we built out an entire module around it. Hey, here's step one, step two, step three. Now you've narrowed it down to your two markets. Go to John. Okay. Go to John. Like I said, I want the 10 out of 10, 11 out of 10 individual providing resources to our community. Cause I'm not about uh, that life. Cause I've seen it happen. I've seen entire um, savings just disappear out of thin air because, you know, people heard someone state that their cousin had a good experience in a certain market without doing their own due diligence and really understanding those numbers and the expectation. There's nothing like purchasing a property for 900000 thinking you're going to generate 
you know, 200,000 a year, 300,000 a year, and you end up generating 40,000 a year. There's nothing that's heart wrenching. And so I have all of those DMs right now. People in my DM say, can you help me get out of this property? Do you know anyone who needs a big Mm -hmm. tax write off to purchase this off my hand? I need to, I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. And it takes but one for me to say, hold up, hold up, stop the brakes. We need we need to educate the community. We need to educate the community. So I'm not a data analyst like you that's doing it day in and day out. I can, you right. know, I've I've done some great deals, but you have. I'm going to kill them. <laughs> but you have visibility into the nuances in a variety of markets. And so I said, you know what, this is this really solved one of the biggest um bottlenecks in 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 the ability to evaluate markets so thank you for recognizing you know that we value you know what you bring to the marketplace john because i absolutely love the resources that you provide to our community thank you so much for saying that that makes me really happy to hear and i need to stress something that you mentioned in that that i have found to be very important that i didn't realize before and then, so like literally within the past week, um, I have all the time in the world to review data all day, every day. It's all I do. It's what I get paid to do, right? It's what I, I, uh, people pay me to do it. Other people, like, it's all I do. And, um, because of that, I'm able to take my time. I'm able to work through, I'm able to build the skill. I'm able to like continue to get better at it. And I can get a lot more confident and find the absolute greatest thing. Right. One thing that I noticed is that, or that I realized, which I should have realized forever ago, was that nobody has nearly as much time as I do to be able to get through all this stuff, right? And so they need a faster way to be able to get a good answer that makes them feel confident and, and, and ensuring that they're buying the right property. And so one thing that everybody has sent to me with the profit maps is time. Like the literally the first thing I go, how do you like the profit map? Did you enjoy using it? Like, what was your experience? They go, it saved me so much time. And like, like, that's the first thing every time. And I, and I, I always thought to myself like, okay, well, it's great. But like, what about the other things? Like, did you like this? And do you like that? Right? Like I was always thinking about all this other stuff, but really what it is, is that with the way that the prof map is set up, you are able to see the data so quickly. You're able to find the most profitable spot so quickly. You're able to determine the revenue of a, of a property so quickly. And so by being able to do that, you save so much time to be able to analyze these properties to get to one that it's actually going to end up being profitable. And so it turns out that like the best thing about a profit map and the profit map software and the tool and all of these things is simply because it saves a lot of time for people uh, to be able to then go buy property. Because I'm, I'm assuming most of these people are actually working like a nine to five job. They're coming home after eating, they come home, eat dinner, and then they're trying, they have like an hour maybe to, you know, try and charge up their brain to be able to do this. And uh, if, if they can't do it quickly, they just feel analysis paralysis issue, right? And that's the other huge benefit as well as it's, it's so it's kind of sounds counterintuitive, but if you have more data and you're, you, you can see the data in a way where you can actually see trends and you can kind of go a little bit deeper with the data, that's how you get out of analysis paralysis. It's by following the process deeply gets you to the point where you like, okay, I understand everything I'm looking at now and I can make a decision. I'm now out of analysis paralysis by going deeper into the data rabbit hole which you can so easily do on a profit map, right? So 
anyways, I just wanted to stress that because I love like even you just now, as you're explaining it, you are explaining the main benefit of saving time for those of us who can't sit down and do this all day, every day. Right. And, and have the confidence. So yeah, glad you mentioned that. No, it is, it is so, so true. And, uh, I know our community may understand this a little bit more and more, the older you get, the more valuable that time is right. To be able to make quick decisions and spend the time doing the things you love with the people you love the most and not necessarily pouring over spreadsheet. That's a, a whole hobby for me. Now, right. I like doing that, right? But for you too. Yeah. So, right. So after a long day of work, people do not want to be pouring over well. spreadsheets and spreadsheets and spreadsheets. And you're like, okay, what was the thought process behind this? Again, so I thank you so much for creating a tool that our members can take action on confidently and, and saving them some of that time capital that you can't get back. That time is non-refundable, my friend. Yes. Money is, but that time is not. So thank you. Thank right. you. So, John, right. as we conclude our insightful discussion today, can you please tell the community how best to find you uh, on all the socials or if there's a resource uh, that you want to point us to? Because I know you have some great things cooking uh, up your sleeve. Yep. So I tell everyone, go to YouTube. If you want to learn about anything that I know, go to YouTube. If you found this valuable, go to YouTube and look at my name, look up the Airbnb data guy, go to my playlist, watch my one of my three free courses, watch any of my mini trainings that I have in there and learn as much as you possibly can from me before you kind of go anywhere else. You can also find me on Instagram and TikTok at, at the Airbnb data guy. I've got really short little, you know, fun videos, but the stuff on YouTube is the content that matters, right? That's going to get you the answers and where you want to be. So start there if you like what I'm saying and it resonates with you, right? Um, and obviously, you know, sign up for one of my free templates or something along those lines. Get on my email list because I am going to be coming out with a new profit map software, which I've been obviously talking about this entire time. It's going to be coming out in January. I don't know when this podcast is coming out, but it that's going to be out in January 2024. And uh, I want people to be able to know when it's coming out, take advantage of it when it first comes out. You know, we're going to be trying to do some sort of release around that. I want everyone that can be there for there for that to be there for it. Right. So anyways, hope, uh, hope that's enough for everyone to find me, get to know me. And then hopefully we can get to know each other as time goes on. And we will link all of that in the show notes, John, I cannot thank you enough for providing the value you have to our community and for sharing and spilling all the tea on how to look at markets and properties and what we are seeing as far as trends in this current real estate climate. So thank you, my friend. And I look forward to connecting with you soon. See you soon. Bye-bye for now. Bye.